Indeed, the war is on. And thank you, Father God, that you've won. Thank you, Jesus, that you uh, taught us how to pray. And you said, uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, even as it's being done and declared in heaven. And that you've given us to the, the keys to the kingdom. You said, whatever you bind on earth, whatever you um, loose on earth, whatever you unlock on earth, Whatever we take an initiative, Lord God, to do on earth, your spirit in heaven will back it up as it's in your will, when it's in your will. So and whatever we, we lock up, whatever we loose, whatever those keys of the kingdom are keys of authority, keys of power. And we thank you for those that we will not grow weary, but we'll start to use the keys, the power of our words, the power to work with God. Thank you, Jesus. You were obedient to your Father. You died on the cross. You took the death penalty for us. You stood in our place. And then came the resurrection. And then came the ascension. And now comes the return. And we thank you for your returning, Lord God, soon, very soon. And that the enemy is in a quite a tiz about it all. We can see he's just scrambling everywhere. And let us not be deceived <clears throat> by his prognostications and his blasphemy and his um, indoctrinations. We're just done with it. We bind the spirit of indoctrination that comes through the news media, that comes through all the forces of darkness, everyone that's been given over to the plots of evil, to this wicked generation that has been given over to the hands and the plans of Satan. We bind you, we lock you up now in the name of Jesus Christ, and we go forward and look for the return, the glorious reuniting um, with Jesus Christ, which is soon to come. And so, Father, I pray that you'd give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive the revelation of your truth and your and, and, and put these puzzle pieces together for us so that it all makes sense and we're not unprepared and we're not uh, caught off guard. Amen. Amen. Well, Second Peter chapter 3, mm-hmm. it says, Beloved, now I write, to you this second epistle in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken of before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. So he's saying that in the last days, which we're in, of course, yeah, we're in the last of the last of the last of the last days, and um, that people are saying, well, mocking. Where, where is the promise of his coming? He's been but saying this forever. Part of yeah. it is, yeah, we've heard that Jesus is coming, and uh, where is he? He hasn't come. Everything's just keep going like normal. Right. Is he really coming? But that's actually one of the signs of his coming, is well, that people, everything is going to be as normal. Jesus said they're going to be eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage. Like in the building. days of Noah, yep. yeah. He, Jesus said that, and it's it's right here with us. And that's the kind of a deceptive thing, because th- people think it's normal, everything's normal, we're going to be just fine, just keep going, you well, know. Well, and right. we don't turn around and look what, what the real signs spiritually are. Yeah, and, excuse me, but the whole deal is, 
a lot of people that this the idea of the second coming of Jesus, the fact of the second the soon return of Jesus, is not even on their radar. It's scary. Not, not even okay. a consideration. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible says in the days of Noah, it said, as it was in the days of Noah, shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. The men's hearts, the thoughts of men's hearts were only evil, evil continually. continually. Yes, and in Second Timothy chapter 3, it talks about being willfully ignorant. I think after, you know, um, it says in Second Thessalonians, when they refused the love of the truth, God um, turned them over to a delusion. He sends strong delusion, delusion that, that they, they might should believe, believe a lie. lie so when might, you resist yeah. the truth over and over and re- ignore it and don't want it, it, it actually desensitizes you by the very fact that you're resisting the truth. So the lie gets more prominence, more preeminence, right. and you just kind of are, are sucked into It's like you're dying a slow death, bleeding to death, and you don't really even le- realize you're losing blood. Yeah, you re- reject truth often enough, you get embedded in So we have a lot of people out there in that category. We also have a, a, another category that's a kind of an interesting category of younger people who are starting to wake up, and, and really, I'm seriously, they're really coming, uh, the Holy Spirit is actually doing something in them that's real and they can't deny it and it's stronger and bigger and more powerful than their virtual realities and their video games and their drugs and their uh, sexual and identity gender confusions. This thing that God is doing is causing them to actually let go of, walk away from all of those sinful you know, lifestyles of ignorance where their imagination was seduced by the plots of the enemy through movies and videos and and, and years and decades and decades of, of, of demonic programming. I mean, it, they're starting to just see it, and that's got to be by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we've met a lot of young people in recent years that say, you know what, we've, mm-hmm. we've checked out church and we're looking elsewhere. Yeah, right. Yeah. But you know, it says, um, it says um, but in verse uh, Second uh, Timothy chapter um, 3, verse, let's see, um, Let's see, let's see. Verse 12, start with verse 12. Should we start with 12? Okay, well. um, But you who have carefully, I'm going with 10 actually, followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, um, uh, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions. He's talking about the people. You've done this. We're going through this, um, which happened to me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra. What persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. Now, this is very important piece of the end days information too, that the enemy is trying to stampede the herd, um, herd mentality, the cattle, stampeding them to the edge of the cliff, over the cliff, uh, in in an effort to stay safe, in an effort to get their remedies, their uh, demonic solutions to their panic and fear. And in the meantime, as they're stampeding towards that cliff, very few are caught up with the the truth about what's really going on. So don't be caught up in the stampede. Um, yes, all those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus are going to suffer persecution. That is not only a sign of the end times, that's a sign of the whole time, all the time. Every, ever since Jesus was here, and even mm-hmm. before that, the prophets were persecuted. I mean, because there's a war going on, and because Satan does not like any truth to be released in this earth. And so people who tell the truth often get killed, murdered, set up, snuffed out, uh, censored, all kinds of things, persecuted, because Satan is terrified of the truth. There's a danger. There's a danger for the church. There's Persecution is a danger, but a greater danger is, is popu- lack of pop- no, popularity. And lack of persecution. Popularity, lack of persecution. Yep, yep. So if you don't, you're not getting persecuted, 
You must be doing something you wrong. Mu- you must not be uh, <laughs> walking powerfully living enough. godly in Christ Jesus. So he says here, um, yes, all all those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus are going to suffer persecution. That could be lack. That could be rejection of friends. That could be pain. That could be torment in your minds. Um, th- these kinds of things are to shut us down, distract us, and keep us away from um, moving out as confident soldiers in the in the purposes of God. He says... Um, but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse. There's another sign of the times. Deceiving and being deceived. That's all they do. They're so deceived by their lies that they're deceived by their lies. They don't even know the truth anymore. And these people are the ones that were talked about even in the book of uh, Enoch. When we go back to Peter, he, he's talking about the end times. Jerry read a little bit about that. But he's uh, in, a, in. if you go down in, uh, let's see, um, for a second, hold on, I'm going to find it. Peter, he's talking about uh, the scoffers coming in the end times, and he's also talking about um, the men that would grow worse and worse. And I can't find Peter. He left. He left my Bible. Where is he? Yo, oh, wait, 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 he didn't wait. Leave your Bible. You just. Oh no, no, no. He's just, back here somewhere. Hi, yeah. No. So Second okay. Peter chapter three. Which verse are you looking for? Um, he says this. This uh, verse five. For this they. Willfully, willfully for, yep. forget. Yeah. Willfully forget. In other words, we don't we don't even want to think about it. And it talks about. He goes on to talk about the flood mm-hmm. that was a, a judgment upon the ungodly. The ways of man had gotten so yeah. totally perverted out that of, there was uh, no control. remedy. God just had to wipe out that generation of giants and nephilim and mm-hmm. genetic, uh, genetically defiled, confused yeah. creatures and stuff. God said, "That's it." Well, yeah, and Jude, his uh, fellow apostle uh, and and soldier, he talks. He's got one little book, and it's only got twenty some verses, twenty five verses in it. So he wasn't much of a writer, but he really tells the same thing. And him and Peter are really talking the same talk. And he's talking about, um, uh, I'm. It's verse five. But I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterwards destroyed those who did not believe. So this is a cycle and a pattern. The angels who did not, now listen to this, interesting enough, the angels who did not le- did not keep their proper domain, but left their own habitations, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the day of judgment of the great day, as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, have set forth as an example of suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. So he's talking about this first time around with uh, the flood, the giants, the angels leaving their first estate, the, the fallen angels, some of them came down and had sex with the women, Genesis chapter 6, verse 1 through 6 or whatever. And this this whole process of sexual um, you know, manipulation, they were not just cos- uh, having the, the angels sex with human women, they were also having uh, cross, crossing other kinds and creating monsters and uh, animals with animals and, and demons uh, fallen angels with animals, which where we get the chimeras and the mentar, minotaurs and that sort of thing. And so this is n- nothing new here, uh, it, but but we're coming to the end of, of, when you look at the beginning, you can kind of see the end because it's kind of wrapping up and it's kind of like a little same bookend kind of thing. He says, these are dreamers who defile the flesh, reject authority. This is verse uh, eight of Jude and speak evil of dignitaries. Do we not have this now? Is this not a sign of the time? Yet Michael, the archangel, was in contesting with the, the devil, with a disputing with the body of Moses, dared not to bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke you. But these speak evil of whatever they do not know. Listen to that. 
constantly resisting the truth. Whatever they do, they know naturally. But like brute beasts in the things they corrupt themselves. Woe to them, for they have gone after the way of Cain. And then he goes on with some other examples. Carried about like as, as the wind with no fruit, no raging waves of the sea, foaming in their own shame, wandering stars. These are the scoffers. These are the mockers. But now what has happened is we are in that position where we must either choose to listen to the truth, listen to the Spirit of God who's bearing witness with your spirit, or go after the lie and continue to walk in the, the, the slumber and the sloth and stupor of the lie. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a great stupor. There's great ignorance. There's great, great stupidity. That ha- there's a spirit of stupidity mm-hmm. uh, that has come well, upon the human race. Well, I think it's ignorance, stupidity, not it's knowing. it's ignorance and it's, it's lies. People have been lied to so much yeah. that, that the truth seems foreign. And the truth, yep. where do you find the truth? In the Word. Where, you Absolutely. find the truth in the Word, but then where, how, do, how does the Word get to people these days? Well, you know, in the book of Revelation, if you go there, um, it's got the wrap-up information, really, and it's kind of a lot of it's written in parable form or uh, allegories, uh, uh, metaphors, that sort of thing. So it's kind of written on different levels so that you really have to have the Holy Spirit to kind of help you um, discern, and he can, he absolutely, if you, but if you look and read the whole book, you get the general sense of the fact of what's happening, and you get some of the highlights. And in the chapter 5, where the seals are opened, the, the, the book was sealed, and the Lord, the Lamb of God, opened the seals. This is the first, you know, re- revelation John got on the island of, island of Patmos when he was very, very old, um, waiting, you know, imprisoned, persecuted for his faith, and because he was so dangerous, they couldn't handle him. But he still got the word out through writing it, and somehow mm-hmm. they got this scroll to the right people. But I'm going to read a couple of, you know, we're talking about the scoffers, and that's one of the signs, persecution, one of the signs, um, people busy, distracted, you know, having no clue about the coming of the Lord. That's a sign, Matthew chapter mm-hmm. 24. We're just looking at some of these are very general signs, and there may be, you know, you know, earthquakes, all that, all over the volcanoes erupting, wars, rumors of wars, chaos, all that stuff is just getting to be, it's ramping up. And then, but now let's go to Gen- uh, Revelations chapter six. We started in Genesis chapter six with the giants, but now let's look over here in Revelations chapter six, verse one. Um, let's see the first seal. Now I saw when the lamb opened one of the seals, I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a voice like thunder, come and see. Verse two. And I looked, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. Now, this is really a metaphor. This is also a fact. This is, this is giving us clues to a prophetic uh, event that is going to occur during the revelation or the return of Jesus Christ. And so let's take this apart just a half a second here. Um, okay, we have, we have, what do we have? Um... Be a white horse, okay? And he who sat on it, there was somebody sitting on a white horse, he had a bow, and he had a crown. And he was given to him, uh, it was given to him, the crown, the, pr- the power, the authority, whatever, um, to go forth with his bow to conquer, conquering and to conquer. Now, there's this no... This is not Jesus. No. I kind of always wondered if it was at first, but then no, it doesn't fit Jesus. with the other four, three horses, so it's got to be a bad guy. And so white, the white there is a white that's a, a, a dead white. It's a flat white. It's not a brilliant white. It's not a sparkling um, good thing. 
And so this horse demonstrates power. The man on the horse had power. He had a bow. Now, if you would try to describe a, a bow actually means uh, an, an arrow and a bow, and usually an arrow has a tip. And on the tip, it's usually, you know, sometimes they dip those tips in poison. It's um, a poison tip. A po- and this, so this bow and arrow represents a poisoned tip, a poisonous tip. Now, if John were trying to describe a hypodermic needle, Yes. How would he describe it? That's he has no word he, for that's it. That's basically than, what he said. We're not thinking of like a bow and an arrow. No, like, like they're going to shoot Hood it. Would shoot. No, but he. But so, and we had a crown here. A crown, very significant. Crowns usually are on heads, obviously. And this crown, the Greek word means is corona. Corona. So we have a corona crown on this man who's riding this powerful horse who has a poisonous tip. And what is he doing? He's going out conquering and to conquer. What does that mean? There is no mention of bloodshed here. There is no mention of resistance. There's just simply a conquering. He's conquering people through, through fear. Through a poison tip. Through fear and through death. Because right. they're, they're being seduced, uh, terrified, uh, herded into, uh, over to the cliff. So we have, he's going out conquering, but there's no, remember, there's no bloodshed in the first horse. There, well, actually, there's a lot of death, but no bloody battle, let's put it that way. The second seal... He opened the second seal, and he heard a second living creature saying, Come and see. And another horse, fiery red, went out, and it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth, and that people should kill one another, and there was given to him a great sword. Um, Does anybody have any examples of what this might look like today? Well, part of it, you know, we think of it as just wars. You know, Jesus said Matthew 24, wars and rumors of wars. But... We just think of all the shootings and murders. Terror. The spirit of murder, uh, you know, in schools. War on terror, in, in yeah. businesses, just uh, school, mass shootings. Yeah, everywhere. School shootings. In entertainment events, in school shootings, in parades. Um, there's, it's, it, it, this is that, that no one is safe. Um, they would kill one another. T- peace was taken from the earth. Look at the division. The look at the hatred. in the one another. Look at the violence and the hatred and the name calling and the bitter... I mean, if words could kill, and they can, because that's what the Lord said, um, this this spirit of violence and hatred and division has overtaken every nation mm-hmm. in the world. And Satan has set us up in opposition to each other so he can divide our humanity and set us up in opposition to each other rather than fight him. And so you just look at it every day in the news. There's another killing, another shooting, another violent murder, another um, burning down of a building, a church, of this or that. A great sword was given to him. So that's the red horse. Do we have the red horse riding? Yes, we do. Okay, now let's see what comes next. Verse 5 uh, of Revelation chapter 6. Now when he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come and see. And I looked, behold, a black horse. And he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hands. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not harm the oil and the wine. He's talking about shortages, right. famine. Black right. horse, you death. Know, and, mm-hmm. and a lot of we have now a lot of contrived, deliberate, created well, shortages of various things. A food, pair of scales, up, right. Yeah, food items. Uh, Costs going up uh, at the gas pump, infl- in the grocery inflation. store. Inflation. Measuring these things. And, and the denarius was a day's wages, so it take a whole day's wages to just buy one loaf of bread basically is what it's saying or three quarts of barley um so and and but he says do not harm the oil and the wine so there's 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 a 
plan here, the, the, the black horse. And I think it is a financial plan. I think it's inflation. It's, uh, you know, poverty. How many people now are losing their homes, becoming homeless because they can't find a home or make a home pay- house payment? Uh, they're, they're, it's just the, the tightening of the pressure on the, especially the middle class. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the poor or the poorer ones have already l- fallen off the edge. You know, they're in the streets. They're lost in, in so many horrible ways and in, in pain. But now Satan is going after the stability of the middle class and this black horse is riding to bring that inflation. We are here. It's here. I mean, it's here. Don't deny it. Don't say, oh, it'll get better. Yes, we've had inflation before. Be not a scoffer in this thing. They're, these things are all lining up. They're not just one event. We're getting six, seven, four, you know, 10, whatever. They're all kind of lining up to say the same thing. And then we go to the fourth seal, which is the fourth horse. It says, when he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the four, fourth living creature saying, come and see. And I looked and behold, a pale horse. This is like a pale green. Yeah, kind of a deathy. Sick, deathy, sicky, <laughs> yeah. gang, gangrenous. <laughs> oh, that's a word. <laughs> is that horse. a word? And, and uh, horse, and the name of him who sat on it was Death, and Hades followed with him. Hell. And power was given him uh, to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beasts of the earth. So this fourth horse was collecting the dead bodies uh, that came from horse number one, two, and three. And there are a lot of people dying now from the poisonous tip. Um, you know, some people don't want to talk about it. It's, we, it's amazing how little we talk about the most important things and how much we talk about things that do not matter one iota mm-hmm. in the kingdom of God. And so these things are people uh, perishing all around us, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically. Uh, we're just we're just ignoring it. So we're going to be seeing more and more but, deaths. But the, but the pale horse is able, given permission to collect one-fourth of the world's population. And that's through, the goal of, of some of these world leaders is to reduce well, the world's population. That's right. Uh, because Satan wants this world, remo- he wants all troublemakers removed from this world. That would be those who follow Jesus Christ. Well, so he was given power over the fourth to kill them by the sword, that we, the, the, the red horse, uh, with kill them uh, with death, hung, hunger, hunger the, the black horse, uh, with death, that's horse number one, and the beast of the earth, and I, and it's amazing how that all of these things are slowly, but it's almost crazy how it's building up, mounting up, creeping in, um, and yet people who are not alert, uh, alert spiritually, are just absolutely sl- sleeping, and it's like there's no, uh, no alarm set. Now let's go to verse five, uh, seal number five for a second. The fifth seal. It says when he opened. Verse 9, when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God Mm -hmm. and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? And a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both of the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who would be killed as they were was completed so, so these are people who are not just who have died but have been killed because of their testimony of Jesus Christ and because th- of the word of Jesus Christ they they were martyred and they were murdered a lot right. of the people are martyred 
you know, because they're standing up specifically for their faith. Others are murdered because they're, they are being taken advantage of by the evil one. And so they're also martyrs, I believe, in this war because they were given up through ignorance or through the influence of the evil one into a place where they lost their lives. And so these are the, the ones who are under the altar waiting for justice, waiting for judgment. There's more, there's more martyrs on the way. And he says, until your number is fulfilled, wait a little longer until the number of your fellow servants and brethren are fulfilled, um, is completed. So this is the fifth seal. This is also happening. You have, there's more persecution. There's more beheadings. There's more uh, violent death. There's more death by cop. There's more death by hospital. There's more all kinds of death that we, death by medications. It's there, it's there, it's there. Now, this is not to panic. This is to open your eyes and become serious about who you are in Christ and why he has called you to live in these very wonderful, powerful, exciting last days, the critical days for the return of Jesus Christ. And I believe that he's, he knows who he's put down here. Let's go to the sixth seal, which is kind of a, pre, a preview of what's to come. He says, uh, he says, I looked, and when, when he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood, and the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. Then the sky receded as a scroll when it is rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. And the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains. Mm-hmm. And they said to the mount- and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? And Jesus Christ, as he was cr- uh, carrying his cross through the streets of Jerusalem, made reference to this very event when he said to the women who were weeping, and daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For indeed the days are coming in the which they will say, blessed are the barren, the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, fall on us. And to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things in a green greenwood, what will be done in the dry? In other words, at that time, when it's that terrifi- terrifying, the sixth seal will be opened and people will be crawling into the ground, going to the deep underground military bases. All of the wicked ones already have these tunnels and caves. We know this under the like, earth, like everywhere. Uh, gophers. There's more of a, yeah, there's more of a, a cavern, chasms, uh, kingdoms under the earth. Old missile silos. Well, that's, yeah, just, I mean, Ah. like you said, gophers everywhere, under every nation, there are tunnels, there are uh, enclaves, there are cities, whatever you want, they're all there. And these people think they're going to hide out from God. And Jesus said, you're going to cry out for the rocks to fall on you, but to hide from the wrath of the one to come. So Jesus is is prophesying again, even, and in the green tree, dry tree, that day was green. It was young. There weren't, it wasn't yet. You know, you can burn a green wood, but it doesn't burn very well. But when it's dry, it just sucks up the fire and it's gone. Um, and so um, we see these things coming to pass. Um, and we also see that the return of Jesus Christ is coming to pass. Now, let's go back for a second to Peter, um, who said, as and Peter and Jude, they were, like I said, they were buddies. And, um, Peter said, 
you know, it's the the time the scoffers are coming. That's like I said, that's a sign. And then he says, um, "Well, let's how about look at verse ten, Second uh, Peter three ten, but the day of the Lord will come, yeah, as a thief in the night, yeah, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up." Oh, there you go, climate change, is. right there. There's. Yeah. <laughs> Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, Amen. what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and, in, and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, in which righteousness dwells. So it's interesting here. Um, uh, verse fourteen. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to the looking forward to these things, well, particularly looking forward to the new heavens and the new earth, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. And yes, and Enoch says, uh, Jude says, and he's quoting the book of Enoch, which is in the uh, Ethiopian Bible. It's one of the can- books of the canon there. The Ethi- uh, Enoch is a very interesting book, and I would really recommend it actually as a supplement, not not uh, in in a in substitution of the Bible, but as a supplement to give a, a more of a background. And Enoch, uh, by the way, Jude is quoting Enoch in his book, and so is Peter, and so yeah. is Peter about mm-hmm. the fallen angels and leaving their first estates and having sex with the women, which is confirmed in Genesis. But listen to what Jude says here, and then I'm going to read it in Enoch. Uh, it's part of the end. He says, now, Enoch, this, this is verse 14 of Jude. The seventh from Adam prophesied about these men, also saying, behold, the Lord comes with 10,000 of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have committed in an ungodly way. And of all the harsh things, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Okay, so now we're going to look at that in the book of Jude, and and I'll just read it straight out of the book as it's written no, here. Book of Enoch. Is I'm it? sorry. Yeah, that was Jude. Yeah, that this was Jude. Is, now, here. now, yeah. now it's Enoch. Okay, Enoch, uh, and behold, this is um, uh, verse nine, out of the very very first chapter. And behold, he comes with 10,000 of his holy ones to execute judgment upon all, to destroy all the ungodly, to convict all flesh of all the works of their ungodliness, which they have ungodly committed, and of all the hard, hard things which the ungodly sinners have spoken against him. So you see that Peter is actually endorsing, and so is Jude, the, the book of Enoch as, 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 a, as, as a, an authority. As an, a, a source of authority. A source, a, yeah. A, yeah, authoritative yeah, yeah. source. And so... A lot of people have been, you know, and it's interesting in the book of Jude, just uh, in Enoch, sorry, I keep getting them mixed up because they're really the same thing. Um, in the book of Enoch, it's very interesting story because this book was hidden. Uh, it was lost at the time of the Dead Sea Scrolls, basically, um, and found again in the caves with the Dead Sea Scrolls in 1947. Yeah, it was 48. Okay. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and this is how the book starts out. Now listen to this. If this isn't prophetic, I don't know. Uh, the words of the blessing of Enoch, wherewith he blessed the elect and righteous who, be, who will be living in the day of tribulation when all the wicked and godless are to be removed. That's the first sentence. They're going to be removed. 
And he took up his parable and said, Enoch, a righteous man, in whose eyes were opened by God, saw the vision of the Holy One in the heavens, which the angels showed me. And from them I heard everything, and from them I understood as I saw, but not for this generation, but for a remote one which is to come. Okay, so this book was written. Jesus knew, Jesus is referred to in Enoch as the Son of Man. When Jesus came, he referred to himself in front of his disciples and followers as the son of man. Everybody knew the book of Enoch. It was on their coffee tables. They all had this book. And so the son of man, he was identifying himself as that one who was to come that was talked about in the book of Enoch. And and so they were a very aware of what the book of Enoch said. And it's very interesting. He said the wicked are to be removed. And he said it's a remote generation. So all of these pieces of information were put aside, hidden in the caves for however many, 1947 years, or thereabouts, um, give or take two years or whatever. So, and, and discovered now in this last generation. So this, the Lord has not left us without witness. Right, and I now mean, he's bringing back the, the original witness from the book of Enoch. So as we, as we come to the conclusion here today, I, I just thinking, okay, where are we to be? We know all these things are coming, coming to pass. Jesus is coming we're, with the saints. We're, we're in, in all these mm-hmm. uh, seals and the horsemen are riding and the all scoffers, these things. And the wicked and so, the lies. Yeah, in the midst of all this, you, we who love Jesus, we who are devoted to him, we who serve him with reverence and godly fear, Second uh, uh, Peter chapter yeah. 3, verses 17 and 18 you therefore, beloved, since you know these things beforehand, mm-hmm. beware lest you fall, also, lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked. In other words, don't be led away with the error of the wicked. He says, but verse 18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. And then the last two verses of Jude. It says, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, Mm -hmm. be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Amen. So the thing is, we need to get into the book, the book of God's uh, judgments and prophetic word, the Bible the books and and begin to sit before the Lord yourself, read the word, read the Psalms, read the gospels, read just, this is where you're going to, this is your safe habitation. It's in the word of God. It's not Mm -hmm. in trying to build a a bomb shelter or anything. It is in the word. You, You tuck yourself into the word every day and get to know the love of God, the goodness of God, that God is not the one who wants to bring this judgment, but, but God will deal with all of this injustice. That is his, his problem, his job. But he wants you to be safe and to be okay. So Lord, we pray right now that those who are panicking, those who are afraid, those who are being driven by fear, tormented by fear, we just forbid it. We we break the grip of fear and terror and dread, especially the dread and terror of the end, the end of the world, whatever. We break that grip over the minds and hearts and souls and lives and families and relationships and finances of your people. Now let your people look at the the thing that is what we need to look at, that you are coming again, that you are going to rescue us, deliver us, set us free, and 
be united with us forever in heaven uh, at the marriage supper of the Lamb. So, Lord, I pray, Father, that we would start to look for the return of Jesus Christ and ask the question that Peter asked, what manner of men ought you to be since you see these things coming upon the earth and the elements melting with fervent heat? So, Lord God, give us the, the power to uh, invite the Holy Spirit, allow the Holy Spirit to lead us into all truth, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And check out liferecovery.com. There's much stuff out there to look at. What should we look at today? Um, I think praying praying the prayers of preparing for battle is a good one uh, because we're in this battle. And, and the keys of the kingdom is another good one. Uh, and so God bless you. And we'll look forward to talking with you next week. And why don't you just go ahead and share Rescue Radio with somebody else who might be wondering what's going on and uh, give each other hope and help in Jesus' name. Amen. I have an emergency. What is your location? Rescue Radio, because there's a war for your soul.